is ultimately in control of this political mess in America, right? Or is he? I'm Martin Moyer, the host of Shout Out Patriots. Pastor Jason Bender is joining me. Together, we're going to tackle that tough question. Does God control the nations, or did he put that control into the hands of man? What could possibly go wrong there? Shout out, Patriots. All right. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Martin Moyer. I'm your host today, and I'm joined by Pastor Jason Bender of the Patriot Church. Shout out and say hello, Jason. Hello, everybody. Happy to be here, Marty. All right. Always good to have you here. And we're also joined by Michael Moyer, our technician. So say hello as well, Michael. Hey, good afternoon, Patriots. Glad to have you here. So uh, we're going to talk about a subject that is and has been throughout my 40-year career as an activist kind of sensitive to me, and that is the saying that God is in control uh, when we're talking about political matters that affect our very lives and uh, direct the the outcome of uh, our nation's policies. But I'm going to start first, Pastor, by telling you this story. So last week I watched a film documentary on Netflix, and it was called House of Secrets. Okay. And it's about a Indian family who 11 members committed suicide all at one time. And how they did it was they took ropes, they hung it from the rafter of the ceiling, uh, their hands were tied, their legs were bound, there was a mask put over their mouth, and they all died and were discovered by uh, a neighbor. Now, at first, obviously, the scene looked like a murder because how could a suicide take place if everybody's hands was bound and the legs were bound and masks over their mouth? And right. uh, But... It did get discovered that uh, through some diaries, I don't want to spoil the plot for people who haven't seen it yet, that it was confirmed to be a suicide. Now, my point is this, is that a family member uh, who was at first thinking this was a, suicide, uh, a murder, then found out it was a suicide, got very upset, and probably understandably so, because he wanted to know how God, if there is a God, and this guy was a faith-believing person at the time, uh, could allow 11 family members to have a pack where they all killed themselves. And we're talking about the oldest member being an 80-year-old grandmother down to two 15-year-old boys. And he said that at the, if a God did exist, then he could have communicated to at least one of those members that what they were about to do is stupid, it's senseless, senseless, and uh, they should have, someone should have used common sense and, you know, foiled this plot. So now he says, there's, God is not in control. There can't be a God. So that's rather disturbing. Wouldn't you agree? Oh, it's, it's very disturbing. Yeah, that's, that's an unbelievable story you just told. Yeah, and so I think there's a lot of uh, non-believers out there uh, and including Christians that will look around at our nation right now and see all the mayhem uh, that's going on, all the political correctness, uh, all the uh, restrictions that are now they're having to suffer under and question whether God exists. Is he in control? I go down highways and I see these billboards that say, God is in control. I see church marquees with this sign, God is in control. Uh, 
but some look at it and go, well, if God is con- in control, how is all this, these horrible things happening to our nation? And I think they raise an interesting point. Uh, my personal belief is that uh, God is in control if we let God be in control and we do our duty to make sure that evil does not happen. Uh, but do you see a, any danger here at all of uh, communicating to both believers or non-believers that God is in control? As if, I guess, you know, he's the ultimate puppet master and nobody does anything bad without his uh, uh, say-so. Yeah, that's, that's a big question. So to go back to that show that you saw, God gave those people several things. He gave them free will and he gave them a brain. So common sense would tell us in that situation that that's probably not the best thing to do. And God allows people to be free and make free decisions. Unfortunately, we don't see that in our country because we see freedom stripped away, but that's another topic. So God has given man free will. And within that, um, God's ultimately in control. God, God controls everything and nothing is outside of God's purpose and God's plan. There's evil, unfortunately, that happens because man is evil and man is sinful. But as far as the political scheme, uh, no one gets elected without God understanding why those people are getting elected, right? We mentioned this earlier. God raises up kings and he brings kings down. The whole government is on the shoulders of Jesus Christ. So uh, as far as that billboard goes, though, that can be misleading, right? Like there can be a little bit of a, a misnomer there because people think God is, is in control. And to the unbeliever, when bad things happen, how can, can a good God be in control and allow those things to happen? And for the believer, sometimes we can think if God is in control, he's got it covered and that negates me taking action. I can just sit back on the couch and be passive and not have to worry about doing anything. Yeah, you know, I'd rather make the argument, and I'm sure I'll get some uh, religious blowback from a lot of people here. But I would make the argument that it is the people who are in control and we shouldn't be blaming God for things that people are doing as if God was controlling this mayhem. Uh, you know, th- this, I've been in this movement for 40 years now and I've been hearing this uh, for four decades that all we need to do is pray. And I, I think they get that idea because of that message that they're hearing from church that God is in control. And if God is in control, then all we have to do is pray for God to somehow miraculously manifest some stuff and stop people from doing evil things to this country. And I'm really concerned that uh, uh, this is why we, over the last four decades, have descended into what I consider close to being an evil nation and the things that we are doing and we are allowing to happen. Uh, Do you think uh, churches need to change that message? I think, you know, that that message can stand alone. If you look at a Bible, we we can talk theology here, and this isn't a, a, you know, we're not going to get into a theological discussion on this so so much, but, you know, God God ultimately is in control. Um, Outside of that, Man makes his decisions like we talked about. So I don't think, you know, in the church, if I'm preaching a sermon, talking about God's in control, talking about God's sovereignty, I would make sure that I correctly define what that means. So I don't think we need to change the message theologically, but maybe if it's on a billboard, 
there needs to be some context there. And I think sometimes we get in, in trouble when we don't define the context because yeah, people can take that verse or, or that phrase that you've been seeing on a billboard for the last 40 years and they can make that out in their own image to what they think that that means. And that can be a problem there. Yeah, I think it should say God is in control as long as we submit to his sovereignty. Now that would make sense uh, to me that sure, if you submit to God's sovereignty, then God is in control of the nation. But if you reject that sovereignty, then I don't think God is in control anymore, at least in the way I understand the word control. You know, I kind of like try to make it simple for myself to understand, you know, parents are in control of their children, but simply because they are in control of the children does not mean they're not going to go off and be scoundrels and do some evil things. It's not a, uh, a box we open up and say, Oh Lord, look, you know, this evil is going on. You're in control. Go take care of it for us. Uh, and that mentality I just think has ruined our nation and it seeped, I think, into churches. It seeped into the non-believing world that somehow we believe that that we're preaching. Well, God is in control. And if God is in control, then why are these bad things happening? Uh, and if they do happen, that's just evidence. Evidence to them, at least, that God is not in control. And therefore, he must not exist like this father in India felt. Yeah, and, and I would have to say this. As far as the whole God is in control uh, term... I would have to disagree. I would say God is in control, but he's not controlling man. And once again, it goes back to free will that God allows us to make decisions as we want to. So God is not controlling us like the puppet master type of deal. Like you mentioned, we're not uh, little versions of Pinocchio, but in that, as we're making bad decisions, sometimes as wicked human beings who are depraved in nature, God ultimately is sovereign over us and, and God is in control. So God doesn't take his hand off the wheel, you know, but going back to this whole phrase, God is in control, just throwing it on a bumper sticker. As far as that goes, we would have to look at that and say, that doesn't give us a license to be lethargic. And I think a lot of people in the church nowadays take that to say, God's in control. I'm just going to sit back. I don't have to do anything because God's got it covered because his plan will go out and it will continue as he wants to. And there's, you know, there's truth to that in the, in the fact that God's purposes, regardless of man, what man does, ultimately God is working things for his glory. And for us as believers, right? Romans eight twenty eight, God works all things for the good, for those who love him and are, are called according to his purpose. But as far as the license to just sit back and do nothing. We, we can't have that in the church. And like you said, Marty, I mean, it goes back even before four decades. We can go back to the early 60s with taking Bible and prayer out of uh, the schools and we look at abortion, right? Roe versus Wade. So me, where, let, where were the Christians in that? Let me stop you right there because you raised an interesting point because, uh, you know, you're not old enough to remember prayer and Bible reading being kicked out of the schools, but I am, you know, so I lived through this and uh, I just want to remind people, here's what's happened over the last six decades, just with the Supreme court. So in 62 prayer was kicked out of the school In 63 Bible reading was kicked out of the school and 68, the Supreme court ruled that evolution can be taught in the public schools 
1972, it legalized abortion, which has killed millions and millions of babies. In 1980, it said the Ten Commandments could not be in the public schools. In 85, it struck down a moment of silence in the public schools. In 87, teaching creationism was banned in the public schools. In 1989, displaying a nativity scene in a public place was ruled unconstitutional if it had a religious message. Wow. I mean, it just goes, I can go down this list on and on. And we get up to, in 2015, the Supreme Court legalized homosexual marriage. Right. So I'm looking at this, and, you know, I don't know whether to smile, I don't know whether to cry, laugh, or be angry or whatever. But, you know, when I hear this term that God is in control, and I don't see it really happening in the United States. And all these cases I just rattled off, this does not show an indication that God is in control of the United States. Now, here's my point, and, and you did touch on it, and I think you, you uh, made an eloquent presentation of it, that because we are sitting back and we are, as a group of God-fearing people, are sitting back with this belief that uh, God somehow is in control of all of this, that, uh, you know, eventually... God's going to wake up. One day he's going to wake up and he's going to say, hey, you know what? I think this has gone about as far as it can go. It's time for me to intervene. Now, what people really don't understand, and it, I guess, uh, if you read the Bible, when God does intervene, when a nation keeps going down this type of wicked path, it's not that he comes through and just has people stop doing bad things. No. The Bible tells us he'll send a plague. He'll send an incurable disease. He'll send famine. He'll send ravenous wolves. And this is what he did to the nation of Israel. So it's not so much that uh, God responds in taking back control by just removing leaders. He punishes the entire nation. And I think we're seeing that. I mean, we, we can't walk outside in a major city without seeing danger to our lives, whether we're Christian or we're not Christian. This is kind of like a punishment on all of us, what, regardless of your faith, right? I mean, in San Francisco, they're giving $300 to ex-convicts if you do not shoot somebody, right? And, and the West Coast and, and several major cities out there, they're allowing you to walk into the store and still up to $1,000 without any consequence to them. Now, it does have a consequence, right? That's a consequence to that store. It has a consequence to the people living around the store because CVS has now shut down 17 stores uh, in the San Francisco area alone and plan on shutting down five more stores. So 22 CVS stores will be gone because we want to cater to wickedness, right? This is not a demonstration of God being in control. What demonstrates God being in control is for Christians to do what they're commissioned to do, and that is to be the ambassadors for Christ. Ambassadors, you have the message, you have the duty, you have the word of God to get out there and defend God's rule, his sovereignty. So one thing we do know is God is sovereign. We do know that God does rule nations, but we also know that nations don't necessarily obey God. So who did God put on earth to make sure that happened? He put us on earth. He gave right. the kingdom, uh, the keys to the kingdom to Peter. That kingdom 
is what we need to present to the unbelieving world. And uh, I, you know, I'm going to pause here right now because I, I think I've taken up a lot of time. Give you a chance to pipe in. Yeah, so I mean, try telling the founders that just God is in control and just leave it there, right? They knew that there was a God that was in control and they founded a country based upon what that God had to say in a book. But they took action, right? They realized that, okay, there is a God He's laid out a, a phenomenal plan for mankind, but if we're here, if we're here to stay in this country, then it's not going to look good for us. So we're going to take action. We're going to do what we believe is right because once again, we have free will, and we're going to start this free nation based upon biblical principles, in a sense. So now we now we're here in in 2021. So we you went back to the 60s, and at that point, we saw that. The church really wasn't intervening. You know, in a sense, we we may have allowed this to happen in, in, um, inadvertently in a sense. So I believe that right now we're seeing God's judgment, right? We have such a, a wicked, evil nation, and why would God not judge a nation, right? And we go back, we can go back in the Bible, we can go back to the time of Noah, right? There were was wickedness and perversion going on, and God took out an entire society in a sense, right? With the exception of Noah, his family, and the animals. Was God in control at, the, at that time? Yes. God, God had a purpose for that, but God didn't puppeteer those evil and wicked people. So God took something that was bad, and he turned it into something good. And there was a beautiful covenant that was ordained at that time. And now we're in 2020, 2021 once again, and we need to be a people who realize, yes, God is in control, but at the same time, we as his people have a responsibility. So we need to say, what does this God who's in control say? There's the Great Commission, Matthew 28. Jesus says, therefore, go out to all the nations, make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit teach them my commands. One of the things that Jesus says, right? He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So that's a reflection. If you say you love God, you better be keeping his commandments. So if we want to claim that we're God's people, that we follow him, we're his disciples, that we love him, we better do something. We better get off our butts and, and not just look at that billboard phrase that you say. Yes, it's true theologically, but what does that look like in a context? And now, how can we apply that to our lives? And that's what we need to learn in the church. And, and for the believer, it's not just take the phrase, stay there, be silent, be quiet, be lethargic, be apathetic, be passive. No, it's, it's take that phrase and realize and get comfort from my God is in control. Therefore, I'm going to go, go obey him. I'm going to look at what his word says, and I'm going to do the work that he's uh, set forth for me to do because I want to see his purpose and his plan come to light. You know, uh, Dr. Jerry Falwell, who I used to work for, uh, uh, founder of Liberty University and Thomas Rhodes Ministry, uh, he used to say that at one point he preached that politics do not belong in the church. Then he said that he learned that that was wrong, that he was mistaken that politics and church do mix. And he created the moral majority for a number of years and uh, set out to inject himself and the Bible into the world of politics. Uh, now, but pastors still think, and they still preach, that 
politics do not belong in church. So what I have seen the left do is they are now turning typical religious doctrine into political issues, which now makes pastors fearful of bringing those issues up in church because they will then be preaching politics. Uh, homosexuality is one of those issues. I've run across a number of pastors out there who are afraid to preach about homosexuality because it would be interpreted as preaching politics in the church. Now we got the big transgender movement coming out the, out there, uh, which will present another problem for pastors who want to talk about whether or not you know uh, God assigned you your birth gender or whether God made your birth gender, right. right? I mean, that's a religious issue, but that's not what the left is doing now. They're trying to turn every one of their corrupt moral ideas into a political issue to make sure that churches do not talk about them. Because one thing they do not want is God to be in control, uh, whether he does it directly or he does it through his ambassadors. Yeah, that's for sure. And, and Marty, look, here's the thing is that there's so much hypocrisy because there's the, that whole term, that whole idea of we don't want to bring politics into the church, keep politics out of the pulpit. But what kind of politics are we referring to? We're referring to conservatism because it's okay to preach white guilt, preach CRT, socialism, social justice, right? All, the, all these things that the leftists love to talk about. See, they're not going to get any backlash when they talk about those politics, right? The pastor who's making you wear a mask at the church, who's uh, pushing the, the jab in the pulpit, right? That, that's fine. That's fair game. But once I, I talk about things that align with the word of God, right? Once we start talking against abortion, against homosexuality, trans, transgenderism, like you mentioned, all these other things that are big, hot topics that are the political issues that they want to keep us away from, then it becomes a political issue. So there's great hypocrisy. And, you know, for every man has to decide what he's going to talk about. For me, I'd rather be canceled. I'd rather be tried to be shut down by the left. You know, put me in prison if that's what you want to do. You know, cancel me, however. But I, I need to be truthful to the word of God because this is the God that I serve. And because he's in control, one day, whoever's preaching and talking and speaking will have to give an account to the God that's in control. And, you know, uh, the religious, I mean, the, the radical left in their effort to stop churches from preaching politics doesn't even confine itself to churches anymore. They're going directly after uh, individuals. They're going directly after institutions and businesses. Yeah, that's right. And trying to define your religious belief, not as a religious belief, but as a political belief. You know, today I read a story that uh, the Supreme Court— not surprising, I suppose, in my list of Supreme Court actions so far, uh, has determined that a transgender can sue a Catholic hospital because that Catholic hospital had religious objections to performing transgender surgeries. Wow. So now the Supreme Court says you must perform that transgender surgery. They do not care whether you have a Christian-held belief that will prohibit you from doing that. 
what's the next step? Well, these Catholic and other religious hospitals have to perform abortions. So what they're doing is they are, by turning these religious issues into political issues, they're forcing religious people out of these jobs. And they know what they're doing. I believe wholeheartedly they know what they're doing. How do we get rid of these people? It's the same thing with the military trying to force soldiers to get this uh, COVID jab. Under their guess, the majority of the soldiers who do not want COVID jabs must be Trump supporters who are in our military. So how do we get rid of them? We force them to do the COVID jab. That will get them out of there. Uh, the same thing goes with the Biden's White House that said a couple of months ago that everybody's going to have to go through CRT training if you want to work for the entire federal government. Just not just one part, the entire federal government. What are they thinking up there? They're thinking, well, you got all these religious people out there and Trump people out there who will refuse to take these classes, and this is how we get them kicked out. So this idea of taking religious issues and twisting them into political issues is only serving the radical left, and it's hurting the religious people, and it's hurting churches out there. It's going to take some boldness among pastors out there to begin training their people in their congregation to understand what is happening to their church, what is happening to them, what's probably going to happen to their business, what's going to happen to their government. And, you know, I, I know we talked a little bit about this last week, maybe a lot about this last week, but pastors have got to, you know, start delving in to these, what the left calls political issues, but really are just religious issues and figure out what's going on, how it affects their congregation and start bringing that congregation uh, along so that they understand how to respond and how to battle this evil that is coming their way. Yeah. Well, Marty, I want to stop for a second and address something that you mentioned. So when we talk about all these things that the left is looking to institute, right? When they're looking to force us to do something in order to have something, it goes back to the word that we're talking about today, control, right? It's, they hate God so much. They hate his people so much. And Jesus already told us that if we're going to follow him, the world will hate us. We have to realize that, right? It's not going to be a shock to us. However, they hate him so much that they say, you know what? No, he's not in control. I don't care about that billboard that I see. I see a lot of evilness and wickedness here. God allows these things to happen. God can't be in control. So you know what? I want to be in control. So I'm going to take a power grab and I'm going to make you do all these things because now I want you to be my puppet. And essentially, that's what we see now, right? We see the employers forcing the hand of employees who all they want to do is foot food on their plates for their families, right? They just want to get groceries. Nowadays, we're lucky if we find groceries in the grocery store, right? Before we know, sure. we won't we won't even be able to afford it. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, "No, God doesn't have any control here. You you I, I don't see God working and we have control. Ultimately, control is ours." So a lot of people, I'm sure they're looking at that and that's the reality that they live in. But we know the reality that, that we live in and that's a false reality. Yeah, you know, I look at these uh, CRT, critical race theory classes that uh, businesses are forcing their executives and their employees to attend and go through. Uh, businesses like, like even like Walmart, AT&T, big story this week, how they're forcing their executives to admit that if you're white, you are a racist. Uh, CVS is forcing their employees to go through these CRT classes. And 
I know enough about these CRT classes that it reads just like religious literature. I mean, this is this is not even a political issue. They're they're trying to indoctrinate you and their religious belief of what humanity is, what they're about, how they were born, what they're made of, what their desires are, and how hurtful they are if they do not see the day and become a believer in CRT. You know, Christians, we say, okay, this is our life. We looked at it. We said, this is not the life we want. It's evil. It's hurting us. Christ is our Savior. But on their side, they look at CRT as some type of Christ figure. You are evil. You are racist. You are a supremacist. You are an oppressor. And what's going to save you? Not Christ, but CRT. So my question here is, is that, you know, can you see a day? I see a day where uh, employees are going to religiously object to attending these classes. I mean, I don't know that I would, uh, you know, if I was at CBS having a job and I know what's in these courses, I probably would say, I'm not going to do it. I'm just not, you're going to have to fire me. Right. I'd be with you. It's yeah, it's difficult because once again, it goes back to truth and, and we know that there's an objective truth and, uh, to them, it's whatever makes sense in their head, and it can change from day to day, right? It's all subjective, as we've talked about, I think, a couple weeks ago. So I- I'm with you, Marty. If we were at, at CVS working together, we'd probably both get fired. You know, there's no way that I could take that training. And look, it- it's become so normalized, right? I think Terry McAuliffe said it the other day. He said that there's 80% of the teachers in the public school are white. This is coming from a man who's running for governor, Hopefully we find out that he loses, but he's a white man and he's saying that there's too many white teachers, right? Why are we now classifying people by the color of their skin? It makes no sense. I thought about that statement he made in my somewhat of a logical, reasonable mind that I might have. I, I could not understand for the life of me how that's going to win this man votes, but we're, we're just normalizing racism. That's what we're doing. And as long as we put the racism against the white people, it's okay. And that's the society that we live in. And it's a sad world that we do live in, Marty. Yeah, you know, going back to Terry McAuliffe, uh, you raised an interesting point. How does that get him the votes that he needs to win an election in Virginia? When you insult all white people and you insult all parents when he said that parents should not be telling teachers what to teach. Well, it's because he's not really going for the vote. He's going for the money. He's going for that teacher's union money. He's going for the liberal big pockets that are out there. And he's willing to sacrifice some votes, he thinks, in order to gain the money that's coming into his campaign. I think, I hope, after tonight, we'll know soon, that uh, this backfires on him. Uh, And if it backfires on him, because basically, you know, he's kind of like the epitome of our discussion that we're having today, right? I mean, he's a big CRT supporter, even though he denies it. We know he is. Uh, He's all about government promoting evil, uh, at least what Christians would decide as evil. Uh, He's the embodiment of, you know, well, who is in control? If he becomes governor, he's going to think he's in control. He's not going to think God is in control. And as Christians, are we just going to sit back and say, oh, well, God's in control and sit back and do nothing or are we going to you know stand up and continue to fight i think we just need to stand up be that ambassador christ made us and assigned us to be and continue to kick down doors not literally of course for you know certain people listening in but to kick down doors and to make our presence known 
and uh, get these people back out of office. Yeah, we certainly, you know, it, it's, it, we need to, to pray, but we also need to take action. So it, it's really a two-pronged approach. You know, many people would just say, as long as we pray, we're fine. Obviously, we know that there's power in prayer, right? The prayer of the, the righteous person is effectual. It's powerful. However, that once again, that does not negate man's responsibility to do something on this earth. I mean, it goes back to our podcast from last week about subduing the earth, right? We need to make sure that we make an imprint. You know, one of the the purposes of, of our church, Patriot Church, is to make a kingdom footprint in our community. And if we're not doing that, what are we really doing? You know, I mean, it's, it's great to have a Bible study, but one of the things that the ministry does, that the pastor, the preacher, the teacher, the evangelist is instituted for by Christ himself and for the church is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. So there's a responsibility, there's a doing, there's a call to action. So right now, Christians need a call to action. And that's why, you know, we're on a show called Shout Out Patriots. I have a church called Patriot Church. I'm part of a bigger church movement. So a patriot is someone who will do something, who wants to love their country, serve their country, fight for their country, and fight against evil. And as we talked about, there is a lot of evil out there. And you take a man that we're talking about, Terry McAuliffe, some of those statements and comments that come out of his mouth, you know, the one that we talked about with the teacher, I just want to have people employed based upon their credentials, right? I don't care what color, if I'm an, uh, an employer, I don't care what color someone is, right? And that's, that all goes back to the gospel. So now once we start preaching CRT in the pulpit, we're diluting and we're watering down the gospel and we're taking ourselves away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ because the gospel says there's there's neither slave nor Greek, there's no Jew or there's no Gentile anymore. There's there's no no nothing. There's there's no nationalities. We're all one in Christ. So we as Christians need to take responsibility, realize our God is in control, but lead people, leave this world, lead this world who does not know that God, lead them to him so they can come into the kingdom and then see things like we see things without color. I'm, I'm colorblind when it comes to looking at people and using racism. It's disgusting what people are doing nowadays. Well, you know, um, I have to give you accolades for somehow with all these rabbit trails we went down, you brought it right back to uh, the main point of our conversation to in this podcast with. Yeah, it's because God is in control. <laughs> <God's> control. <laughs> we, we could not thwart his plans on this podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could have anticipated that response. I probably would have phrased it differently, but you know, it, that's a good comeback. Very, very good. All right, patriots out there. Look, if you want to reach us, contact us. We have an email you can use. It's shoutoutpatriots at christianaction.org. That's shoutoutpatriots at christianaction.org. So write us, tell us what you think. We want to hear from you. Uh, please share this with your friends. You know, subscribe to, the, to our podcast, whatever platform you're using. And, uh, you know, help us, help us get this word out there. Anyway, Pastor Jason, thank you. Michael, thanks for all your technical work in the background. Thank you, buddy. That would be my pleasure. All right, that's a wrap.